Hello and welcome everybody to Big Dog Ball Talk. We are going to be kicking off our division preview episodes. I am Matt Eichhorn, joined by fellow Big Dog Jordan Legal. Jordan, what's up? Not much, not much. Like I was saying to you, Matt, just got back from Vancouver. Uh, so Toronto's feeling extra ugly right now, but I'm happy to be talking basketball. You start any uh, petitions trying to bring, uh, try and bring the Grizzlies back to Vancouver or what? You know, I was thinking about that out there. I was like, that would have been, you know, so cool because it's, it is actually such a beautiful city. Like, what, like for sure. It's true what they say. And yeah. Um, what do they say, man? <laughs> what are those kids saying these days? They say it's know. the jewel of the West. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, the one uh, thing- no, I, and I, I did see a few like of the retro Grizzlies jerseys, but that mm. have John Morant on the back. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? So, well, and that's the um, thing this year was still weird. love it. It was weird. Why? Like I got like, because they, they've used the logo for retros. They've used it on the past and stuff. Cause they did use the logo and just said Memphis. Like when they first relocated, but yeah. then this year they straight up, were just wearing it and it said Vancouver. I know. I, know. Which I was like, come on. Like I get, <laughs> like, I get what you're doing, but like, you're still playing in Memphis. Just wear it totally. They like, just say Memphis. I know. I know. I don't know. I thought but, it was but people love that retro design. Like, young oh, kids it's awesome. never like they love it. Well, it's one of those things you look back on, like people say like the best Raptors jersey, like one of the best sports jerseys ever is like the big dinosaur. Yeah. Dinosaur. And people used to hate it when it first came up. People oh, said it people, was a joke. Yeah. Made fun of it. Yeah. 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 So it's just, uh, but, they were ahead of their time. Both. They were. Uh, but anyways, they everybody, were. thank you for tuning in. We are, uh, as I said before, we're going to be running through uh, each division from both conferences. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, some of the changes they've made in their uh, roster, their personnel, uh, what we think of those moves and uh, what we envision happening for both uh, for all these teams moving forward uh, in the 2021-2022 uh, NBA season. Uh, we're going to kick it off in Beantown with the Boston Celtics. Uh, this the oh. offseason, they drafted Juwan Begarin. I hope I'm saying that correctly. He's a, the 45th overall pick. So I don't know if he's even at the training camps right now. He's from France. Uh, in free agency, they also reacquired Ennis Cantor and they ended up signing uh, the biggest bag fumbler uh, known to man, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, it was $6 million. <laughs> and deal. they got Horford back. Don't forget about uh, Oh, Bial. yeah. Well, and that's yeah. So, and then in the trades, they were able to acquire Al Horford, Josh Richardson, Bruno Fernando, Juan Hernan Gomez. Uh, so, and then in that, though, they lost due to these trades, Kemba Walker, Tristan Thompson, and Carson Edwards. Uh, and then they also lost Evan Fournier, Semi Ogile, and Taco Fall uh, to mm-hmm. uh, different teams through just the free agency period. Uh, Jordan, uh, I'm going to start it off with how do you feel with the Kemba Walker experiment and his campaign now being over in uh in boston after such high expectations signed to a huge contract and uh they make it to the conference finals once yeah uh i think everyone in boston's just happy that this is over like what are the odds that they get these these two really talented point guards back to back high expectation big contract guys who just for one reason or another just don't live up to to the hype like with Kyrie. Yeah, that that nightmare period, and then Kemba's supposed to be his his replacement. Who, when he came to the Celtics, I, you know, he was coming off his best year as as a player the year before in hundred uh, percent in Charlotte, like when he went on crazy 
he scored like 60 points, I think, that season. And I, I think that was when the All-Star game was in, in Charlotte. Maybe that was the year before. But he was like sort of his career arc was going up and that was the peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and you thought you that whole time in Charlotte, you, you, you see him put up big stats. You could tell he was a guy who wanted to win. You wanted to see him on a winning team. So it was so exciting to see him go to Boston. Um, but uh, the injuries, he just couldn't stay on the floor. Yeah. And then when he did come back, he was nowhere near the player he was. And he really, really, his weakness, his weaknesses, um, especially in the playoffs, just jumped out at you. Like he, pe- people would pick on him all the time. That that Raptors series in the bubble that went yep. seven, um, he, he was being eaten alive on switches again and again. He just, uh, it was hard to keep him on the floor, especially when he wasn't, you know, at top performance level on the offensive end. And uh, so I, I, I'm just happy he's, you know, somewhere else. Give it another shot. It, uh, it was kind of getting sour there in Boston, I think. For sure. And, uh, I mean, Boston's not exactly the easiest city to play in. Those fans are pretty ruthless. Uh, yeah. Regardless, I mean, they love their sports. Like, it's, it comes from, a, comes from a good place, doesn't always, uh, doesn't always come out in the, the best way. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, he gets traded to OKC. They buy him outright. Uh, and then uh, he ends up going uh, back home to New York, which, uh, you know, we'll get to later on. Uh, and yep. then, uh, I mean, losing Evan Fournier, also a big loss for the Celtics team. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously they acquired him later on uh, the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, he, he, he did okay uh, in his time there. Uh, obviously wasn't uh, the biggest player, but I guess right now the biggest thing is can Tatum and Jalen Brown really be these leaders because it's their team now they've been handed the keys they're the 1a 1b we've talked about before uh i mean i just when i look at this team they're built decently but i really don't see that this team's going to be a bubble playoff team in my opinion uh i mean they'll they'll be in that play-in tournament i think by the end of the year uh and it's going to be tough for them because i think they're pretty thin at center you look at their team like they get al horford uh they get ennis canner back uh, and then they also end up getting uh, Bruno Fernando in that trade. I believe he's still under roster. I could be cr- uh, wrong on that. Uh, but no, yeah, I think they, he's still there, yeah. And they also have Robert Williams. Uh, I mean, Al Horford, he didn't look amazing in OKC. Uh, obviously, they shut him down pretty early because uh, he wasn't really happy there either. Um, yeah. But Ennis Cannon and Robert Williams, I mean, Robert Williams is totally raw. He's six foot nine, I think, maybe six foot eight. So he's undersized for this position, anyways. Uh, and he's really just a pure rebounder. Same with Ennis Canner. So, I mean, they're serviceable big men. But, I mean, when you're playing, you know, against some of these top teams in the, the East, like, uh, you know, when you're playing your Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis or you're playing the Philly 76ers with Embiid, they're going to get killed down low. And sometimes the ball's just not going to fall. So I don't know, Jordan, what do you think about the current roster? Do you think that they're, uh, the keys are in the right hands or do you think that this could be uh, a tough year ahead for the Celtics? Yeah, it's, uh, it's really, it's over the past few years, it's been hard to predict where the Celtics are going to fall. Like they're one of the most, uh, or sort of have been at the beginning of each of the past few seasons. Like I can see them uh, finishing like top four, but I can also f- see them falling down to mm-hmm. like the ninth, uh, eighth or ninth, you know, position in the standings, depending on how injuries go and how certain things um, you, you sort of fall. And I'm kind of getting that same feeling with them again. I just don't see exactly what they've done in the off season to really um, move the needle. Um, you're obviously counting on Tatum and Brown to keep developing and they will, they're great players. Um, and 
just those two alone, I think, um, if they can be healthy for most of the season, can uh, guarantee you a uh, uh, a decently you know high playoff seed. I, I would say because um, they've got a pretty you know they've got a they don't have a horrible supporting cast around them. Yeah. I do like Schroeder. I don't know how well he fits in um, as a point guard point guard next to those two guys like if he was a better spot up shooter I'd feel better about it I think they need a point guard who can really knock down shots you know they they try and play Marcus Smart as much as they can because of what he brings on defense and hope he can hit as many you know open spot up threes as he can Um, but he you know even though he's improved he has his limitations there so um, it's it's all about the front court though for me like they they've got no one really that reliable up there Al Horford's getting old like you said, Robert Williams, he signed the big extension. You know, they're betting on him developing down the line. But right now, um, you, know, you can't really count on him as, um, you know, like he hasn't proven himself as a starting center in the league. And uh, so all that means is you're going to be playing Tatum up at the four, which he's good there. Um, but I get a lot like... of mismatches there at the four, too. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, the question is, you know, playing the up um, sort of, uh, not that he's completely out of position at the four, he's got the height for it, but playing up, you know, uh, does that take a toll on it, uh, you know, on his body over the long season? We'll, we'll see he's, if he's going to be, you know, defending fours, uh, getting beat up down low. Um, you know, who knows? I would just, I'm fine with him playing the four because I think he's really good there, but I'd like more, I'd like him to be able to sort of move around positionally, have more versatility. Um, and they'd be able to do that if they had a better four or a five, but they, they really just don't. That's, that's their big weakness. They, they, they need someone um, who, who's more than just like a, a glorified role player, which is everyone yeah. they got right now. And one of the other things that I kind of see with their roster is when you have a young team and you're trying to build around, you know, a young core or a young duo, uh, usually you want to build young around them as well. You obviously want to have some veteran presence around there, but you want to build for your future. And, all I see is the Celtics getting older. I don't see them yeah. making moves to really support these guys the way that they need to, if they want to actually win. I mean, it's going to be uh, a lot on the, the shoulders. I mean, obviously they were still probably the, the two best players, even when Kemba was there. Uh, yeah. And I mean, they're coming uh, into their own, they're, uh, they're leaders in their own right. But uh, I just don't really see, you know, how Al Horford is going to put them over. Uh, I mean, Dennis Schroeder, I actually think, you know, that was a really good signing on them. I mean, what's, what's it going to hurt? It's a good deal. It was year? a good deal. Yeah. One year. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a, it's a minimal, uh, it's not going to hurt you very much. If it goes wrong, yeah. it goes wrong. Uh, I mean, they have Peyton Pritchard, Marcus Smart can roll the one at, uh, as well. So, I mean, that they've and got, they got Chris Dunn can, too. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's lots that they can do here. It's just, I don't really, I don't think that they've built a good team right now for the future. I know that they've always, they're always kind of in the mix to like make trades. Uh, I know miles Turner, we've talked about before. He's always kind of rumored and linked to maybe go to the Celtics. Um, but again, uh, you know, sometimes uh, it just doesn't work out that way. You can have all the rumors in the world and uh, nothing's ever going to transpire. So uh, yeah. right now uh, it's just, I think they're almost in a log jam. I think they're going to have to, you know, roll with it this year, see what's working, see what doesn't. And uh, I think that this is going to be, uh, it's not going to be a, a going for the championship. they will be a competitive team, but uh, I, I don't think Boston fans should really be looking for uh, too much from uh, this team this coming year. And I misspoke. Chris Dunn's gone. Sorry. This yeah. I a... thought, I thought that might've been the case. He was routed to the Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing. A lot of guys, you know, getting moved around like that, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's uh 
it's it's like interesting they, to see because again, I I like and we'll get to like the other teams, but I mean Boston's also they they have a tough schedule because I mean the the Atlantic Division is actually one of the stronger divisions in the East. I mean, yeah, all yeah. five of these teams are uh, you know they're they're probably going to be in that top ten. They're going to be fighting in that uh, that uh, that play in tournament. So I mean, uh, I mean, unless you have anything else you want to wrap this uh, up with, I think we can probably move on over, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just gonna say like they they they've actually looking at. You know, their, their roster and talking about it their guard depth is actually okay mm-hmm. um it's just like yeah like we were saying it's all about the front court they just gotta if they could somehow maybe at the trade deadline we'll see how things go turn that into a more competent front court player then then we'll see where things go but yeah right now it's looking like another kind of me year of mediocrity for the celtics so for sure so as we move on from Boston, we're going to go over to the, uh, the Empire State. I think that's what the kids are calling it these days. Uh, we're going to go talk about the Brooklyn Nets, uh, you know, obviously coming off of a, uh, an, a pretty tough, pretty tough finish. Uh, definitely a brutal finish to watch to their season. Uh, yeah. In the offseason, they drafted Cameron Thomas, Deron Sharp, Kessler Edwards, Marcus Zagrowski, and Raekwon Gray. Uh, they... <laughs> picked up James Johnson, Patty Mills, and DeAndre Bembry in free agency, and they traded for Javon Carter of the Suns. Uh, and then they oh. lost Landry Shamit in that uh, aforementioned trade. Uh, they also uh, traded off in a sign-in trade, I believe it was uh, Spencer Dinwiddie to the Wizards. Uh, and Jeff Green moved on to uh, Denver in uh, free agency. Uh, I mean, again, as we were saying, uh, you know, the, the Celtics weren't quite ready to go uh, all in. They're still a couple years away. This is pretty much the epitome of going all in. Uh, the Brooklyn yeah. Nets are set to explode right now, Flegel. I mean, this is this is insane. They've got all these amazing vets that uh, they've acquired. I mean, I you know we've talked about him before. I mean, I love James Johnson and what he brings to the table. Yeah. Patty Mills was looking like I don't know, like Australian Michael Jordan in the Olympics this past year. DeAndre he was solid, and then Cameron Thomas falling to number twenty-seven for them was uh, totally ideal. But I mean. Uh, you know, as we've seen these moves go by, uh, Jordan, like, what are your thoughts right now on the Nets? Yeah, uh, like, especially the the way they, they ended last season, such a heartbreak, breaking loss in that game seven with Katie's foot on the line. Like, uh, even last year, all the turmoil they went through, um, a couple things, you know, break break right for them. They're, they're in the finals and maybe winning the whole thing, you know. For sure. Um, with With – the whole drama with Kyrie and the injuries to, to all three of them, but Harden being out that extended period of time. Like, I, I think they're, they're all very hungry and they're kind of going to, I predict they're going to take the league just by storm this year. They're just going to come out of the gates and uh, maybe, you know, if that's, if it's a goal they want to set for themselves, maybe like best record in the NBA, I could see that happening for Easily. them. They're just so talented offensively. Um, and yeah, I really like the vets they're putting around, uh, their, their, their big three, like Blake Griffin, I think is, is perfect for them. Patty Mills is just a great signing. Cause he's just such a good shooter and getting him and Carter, like Javon Carter didn't play a lot with the, when he was with the Suns um, during their championship run. But like, from what I've seen from him, he's like a competent, uh, he's a bucket getter. He, he is. Yeah. And he's, he's, um, a guy you can put out there and, uh, that's kind of him and Patty Mills um kind of a little bit of insurance you know in case Kyrie's injured or missing for whatever for whatever reason you know and they've got Harden who can handle those responsibilities too so I like the way they've kind of yeah 
constructed the roster, set things up, contingencies on, you know, players, uh, if they're going to be out, because you can't count on health with, with this, the, mm-hmm. this collection of players. That's the one thing, um, as talented as they are, you can't count on them always being on the floor. But I think now they're really sort of set up and they're hungry and they're ready to make a run. And I, I, I don't know if anyone can really stop them, especially in the East, maybe, maybe a few teams in the West, but, uh, um, they're just, you know, what, what can you say? Like two MVPs um, and, uh, and, a, and a superstar on his own. A, yeah. a super, yeah, a superstar who, who's proven in the playoffs. He elevates to, yeah, c- close to MVP level as well. And Kyrie, like uh, it's, I'm speechless. Well, and another thing, and I, I was just thinking with this off the top of my head, because uh, I checked the list that uh, I'm reading off of was, uh, it was published uh, just uh, early on in September. And uh, I'm looking at it, and I just realized also, I mean, they, they, they've acquired even more guys into their front court, uh, which was probably their thinnest position, their power forwards and centers. Uh, they've also acquired yeah. uh, Paul Millsap, and it looks like the Marcus Aldridge now is cleared medically. Yeah. Today. So they're getting two of these guys who are, you know, obviously not uh, you know how yeah. they were maybe 10 years ago but they're still vets they're gonna add uh, a lot of size a lot of versatility no. they can all shoot I mean uh, they're gonna pretty much be running with like five coaches on the floor every single night uh, and then again we said they still have uh, yeah. a lot of great talent from before I mean like Joe Harris is just like a, a little treat on the side just hanging out because he's yeah. uh, one of the best three-point shooters like in the league in the world right now so uh, yeah it's, uh, it's pretty insane uh, to look at the roster, but uh, I mean, they're definitely in my mind, uh, they're the by far and away, they should be the the title favorites this year. I think um, I, yeah. I don't really see anybody from the West, even like, I mean, there's going to be teams that can compete with them. Uh, you know, like the Lakers, the Bucks. Uh, they're, they're, they're going to have tough, tough runs for sure. Uh, but again, as yeah. you said, like last year, they were never even really healthy. And that's been the, the biggest question. No. Can these guys stay healthy together at the same time? Uh, uh, and they acquired Harden uh, midway through the year. And uh, Harden, Kyrie, and KD played, like, the bare minimum together. And when they did play together, one of them was always hurt or, you know, was tw- not 100%. Like, Harden in the playoffs, people were uh, kind of, you know, saying, oh, well, that's Harden, you know, he, he doesn't show up in the playoffs. But, like, the but guy was out there with, on one leg, yeah. Yeah, he was dealing with a legitimate injury this year. Like, I mean, I, yeah. I, I've been a, a hardened hater in the past, but uh, this one definitely, you know, wasn't on him. Uh, his body just wasn't there for him. Uh, but with those three, that three-headed monster is uh, together. I, I don't know. I, I think you put that against any big three ever, any super team. And I think this year we could be seeing something historical. Um, but again, those health concerns yeah. are still there. Um, yeah. if these guys can't stay healthy together and they can't stay on the court then things are going to start crumbling and teams are going to be able to find ways to pick them apart. They're going to be able to isolate their weaknesses a lot more easily. And yeah. uh, it could, it could unravel very quickly for them. Uh, yeah. Another, yeah. another one thing that I just wanted to touch upon, uh, cause again, I mean, we can only, uh, you know, pump their tires for so long. Uh, <laughs> this was just a weird report. Uh, I believe it was by Nick Wright. Someone can fact check me for it. Um, reported that he was talking to sources around Kyrie's camp. And they were talking about the possibilities of Kyrie being traded, which I didn't get uh, to begin with. But then he just is like, oh, yeah, well, if they, they trade Kyrie, he said he's retiring. So I don't really I, – I, I'm trying to figure out where this even is coming oh, from. Yeah. I haven't heard any rumblings that they said that he was going to be traded. 
I don't know of any kind of turmoil. I think it might just be Kyrie being Kyrie, but it's just like, I don't think that even needed to be reported. Like I'm pretty sure people know Kyrie isn't really happy. Like I honestly think if they win the title this year, he could just say, screw it and retire. I think that's kind of the only thing he's sticking around for. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, I, I didn't get it either. Like I haven't heard, I, I don't know why this would be coming out now, but like, I also saw Stephen A. Smith talking about the possibility of it too. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of floating out there. This, this, um, these trade rumors, but like, I, I can't see it even getting close to happening. Like, well, and I, I don't understand is, it. the whole reason that this even came like the, this formation of the super team even ever came about was because Kyrie and KD planned a whole year yeah. in advance because they wanted to play together for so long. Yeah. So why yeah. would, why would they, after one year where they saw definite results, but they just had some bad luck on the court that, uh, I mean, again, if, if a KD wears a size, uh, you know, 12 and a half instead of a 13, they're probably this yeah. year's NBA champion. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just, it really is a head scratcher for me. Uh, but I mean, that's just kind of the, uh, the era that we live in where anything well, that's, become a news story. That's the thing too. Like uh, it's injuries and then all the kind of, frivolous stuff around the court that these three Seven. always deal with like Kevin Durant beefing with people on Twitter, James Harden, you know, is he going to come to show up to camp overweight? What the hell is he going to go to Houston again and uh, yeah, yeah, hang out at the club? Like, well, and then Kyrie, what the hell is he going to do? Like it's, it's, it's not just injuries. It's just whatever, whatever it is that's pre- preventing these three guys from just getting on the court and playing together um that might be the only thing that can stop them because yeah like we're saying historically great uh trio uh, offensively like probably the best and uh yeah they just got to get on the court but we'll we'll see um we'll we'll see yeah and before we wrap that up i mean i just want to get your thoughts i don't think we've really even spoke about this much even off the uh the podcast um i mean he's one of my favorite players of all time don't get me wrong but Steve Nash is the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. I thought mm-hmm. the hire was pretty questionable at the time. I, I think, honestly, this year, like, he's got to be on the hot seat. I think he was more so brought in just because, you know, he is a, a superstar. He's a legend, two-time MVP. He's kind of there to manage the personalities rather than do the coaching. Because they had yeah. Mike D'Antoni as the assistant. So, I mean, he's really probably leading the charge on a lot of the actual coaching standpoint. And yeah. Nash is kind of there to be able to be the uh, – the, the facilitator for the personalities being able to handle these guys and, you know, be the player coach. Uh, I mean, what do you think of Nash's job that first year? And uh, you know, what, what do you think things are going to look like for him coming up? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's more so about, yeah, just dealing with the personalities on that team. Cause that's not an easy job. And uh, like, you know, Steve Nash has a history with KD working with uh, the Warriors organization. They're familiar with each other, obviously, um, I, I think the most important thing if you're coaching Kyrie Irving is that he respects you as a person. Cause yeah. I think if he doesn't, then, uh, you know, um, especially for, for him, you know, it's, it's, you're going to have your, your battles, you're going to butt heads a little bit. And he definitely respects Steve Nash, you know, one of the best point guards of all time. Same, same goes for, for, for James Harden. Like he's going to respect what Steve Nash, mm-hmm. um, you know, his knowledge of the game. So I, in that respect, I liked the hire and I sort of understood why they went that way. But yeah, he's, he's a guy with pretty much zero actual coaching experience, um, kind of thrown into, into the fire with a team with a lot of expectations. 
Um, but, you know, honestly, last year I was pleasantly surprised. Um, like I think um, he, he did as well as I could expect uh, a coach to, to sure. sort of uh, get that team to where they were. Like we said, a few things, a few things are different. They're, they're in the finals, maybe winning the whole thing. Um, and as, as a first year coach, like he's going to have his, uh, his challenges, his road bumps, but um, we'll, uh, you know, we'll see what happens this year because this is, this is the year that it really counts. You kind of give a team, especially when their first year constructed, especially getting James Harden through the year or halfway through the year, sorry, you kind of give them like a grace period to sort of say, you know, okay, we got to get, get used to each other here. Um, but now's the year, you know, where the, uh, the expectation is championship or bust. So we'll, We'll see. I, I don't think we'll, he'll, Steve Nash will really be tested until the playoffs, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll get down sort of eventually to the nitty gritty on, uh, of Steve Nash, like whether he does uh, make those, those right coaching calls in like really close games and close series. We'll see because um, we, yeah, we, we don't know yet. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to sort of make a judgment on Steve Nash, the coach yet, but this year we'll, we'll definitely see. Perfect. And, uh, you know, as we, uh, we wrap up with uh, this, uh, this New York-based team, we're going to move on over now to uh, the other side of, uh, of New York, uh, New York City, New it's York. <laughs> oh, yeah, New York, baby. The lights are big. Oh, yeah, you're from New York, right? Yeah, the, originally from New York. Yeah, the, which, uh, which neighborhood? Uh, you and no, man. Uh, where, where I come from, not, not many people make it out. Uh, okay okay <laughs> i hope that no that number that uh, narrows that down for you yeah um, yeah not harlem i guess though <laughs> won't go that far um but uh as we move on uh yes we're talking about the new york knicks i hope i didn't offend anyone with that uh that's pr- i would say probably nine and a half out of ten accent i thought it was pretty good <laughs> uh the knicks the knicks baby they're back they might uh they might be special this year this uh year they drafted quentin grimes rokas jokabatis Miles McBride and Jericho Sims. Uh, in free agency, they required Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Evan Fournier, D. Rose re-signed with them. Taj Gibson returned. Kemba Walker was signed. Everyone uh, re-signed. Yeah, they brought back the whole crew uh, that New York fell in love with this past uh, postseason, and uh, they lost Reggie Bullock to the Mavericks. And Alfred Payton is now a member of the Phoenix Suns, but. I mean, Reggie Bullock was a good shooter for them. Alfred Payton, see you later, pack your bags. I know Knicks fans really were not a big fan of him to begin with, so uh, no love lost there. Um, but, Jordan, I mean, I I feel weird saying it, but, I mean, if we're talking like a, a contenders in the East, I think the Knicks could be a sleeper contender this year, man. What do you think about them? Whew, sleeper contender to win the East? I think so. I honestly believe that they're putting it That's a hot pieces. take. If Kemba can stay healthy – I think that they've got what it takes. They have a deep bench, good veteran presence. They can shoot the ball. They And Tom Thibodeau is going to run the hell out of these guys. Uh, they're going to be playing hard-nosed defense. I mean, Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel subbing in and out for each other are going to be protecting the rim with the best of them. Uh, R.J. Barrett's only getting better, like fine wine, the Canadian boy, the Maple Mamba <laughs> himself. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm big on the, the Knicks. I mean, I still think, you know, this year there's going to be some growing pains. I mean, Julius Randle's like their, their number one guy, which – I'm still not a hundred percent in on Julius Randle. I still don't know if I can fully commit. I still feel like they're that maybe that was kind of a fluky year. Um, but again, who knows? Yeah. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I hope he does. But I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks could maybe make a run to the conference finals and uh, you know really start putting New York back on the map. Yeah, you know, 
when, as, as soon as you said it, the alarm bells went off, like winning the East, I don't know. But I think that's exactly where I, the, the ceiling I'd put them at is somehow the bracket breaking right. If maybe Milwaukee and Brooklyn are on the other side, that the mm-hmm. Knicks could make the conference finals. I could, I could see that happening because I really do like um, not so much Kemba, but Fournier for them. Um, I think he's a great kind of release valve for uh, Randall, like especially another guy like Patty Mills, who in international play, you can see he can really score the ball and he's a a shooter. Um, And all those years in Orlando, again, not on a winning team, but he, he, he put up numbers, hit game winning shots. Like he's uh, he's a heck of a player. I'm a really big Fournier fan. Um, and it was hard for him in Boston, kind of a log, log jam at that kind of wing position. I, I don't think he thrived as much as he could have. And I think the Knicks, it's, it's, it's a perfect place for him because, um, you know, yeah, like you said, Randall's the number one option. He's going to get a lot of attention. Um, and I think Fournier is going to get a lot of open shots and he can, he can knock them down. And uh, then, yeah, if you, if you got Kemba and Derek Rose kind of running the point, hopefully, you know, between the two of them, not the most reliable guys, but when they're when they're on and producing, they're they're great. Um, sure. e- even now, at their they're both getting up there in age, but even now they can they can do some good th- things for you. And um, yeah, I like I like their re-signings. Um, I like Taj Gibson on this team. All the old Thibodeau boys back together. Um, and uh, yeah, their their losses. You know, Bullock. That's not going to hurt that much. And uh, Alfred Payton was played a lot of starting point guard for them last year. Obviously uh, Kemba is a um, oh. sort of an upgrade from him. 100%. Um, the only thing I, I keep thinking back to is that that first round series against the, uh, the Hawks, like that really showed uh, kind of where the Knicks still need to grow because they, they, they had home, did they have home court advantage yep. in that series? Yeah. Yeah. They were the four seed, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, we had, they had high expectations that it, it was an easy pick to say, you know, especially the Hawks kind of ascending after the trade deadline, it was easy to kind of pick them to, to win that series. But still, there was some people who were predicting the Knicks would win. A lot of people thought it would be a way closer series than a, the, the five games that it was. And it just kind of showed that Julius Randle, although he had a great year, you know, almost up there with other MVP picks. Um, like I think sure. he made it onto some people's MVP ballots, heck, heck of a regular season, but he still has limitations. Like he's kind of an old school power forward, a little bit undersized. Um, he's, he's strong, but not, you know, a, a, a total low block back to the basket guy. He's quick, but um, you put a, you put a fast kind of smaller guy on him. He has trouble. So he kind of does a lot of things. Okay. But nothing, super solidly well that you can sure. say in the playoffs okay he's going to get his shot he's going to get his points no matter what um so you know i i think it, it it kind of depends how the team how quickly the team sort of gels chemistry wise and how the pieces around randall work um because i don't think you can count on him to sort of carry a subpar team but i i do really like the moves they've made hopefully they can just you know leapfrog off the success they had last year and uh the Hawks are also a bad matchup for them. Let's be honest. So hopefully when, when the playoffs roll around and, and they will make the playoffs unless uh, you know, they, they have to go through crazy injuries or something like that. Um, you know, hopefully they get a more favorable matchup in the first round. Um, and uh, yeah, I can see them. I can see them winning a first round series and being in a really competitive second round series. Cause the East is still going to be good. Sure. Um, I don't know how high up I'd put them. Um, 
in terms of uh, the, the final standings in the East. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely like what they've done. Definitely an improvement. Well, and I think for Knicks fans, how things have been for them over the past, you know, pretty well decades, ever since yeah. Mello, I mean, it's been a lot of heartache, a lot of heartbreak uh, in New York. So, I mean, a, a playoff series win, I think they would uh, they would take that. And oh, it'd be going crazy. They'd be going uh, crazy. But I do think, you know, obviously being in the Mecca, I mean, that's going to be the – everyone's going to be talking about the Knicks. They're going to be a lot of eyes on them this year, uh, which, you know, we'll see who can uh, handle the bright lights on that team. Uh, and to, you know, how good would a, how good would a Knicks Nets second round series be? That would be amazing. That? that would be, I think that they would really get heated because it seems like uh, a lot of these Knicks guys have bought in to the sit to the, you know, like the feeling of being a New York team. And yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing with these big markets is you don't get, it's hard to find players that actually live up to that. Like, like LeBron James in Los Angeles, like that guy already lives there. That's his house. Like he's like, yeah. <laughs> Los Angeles is his hometown pretty well now. Like he's a superstar. It makes sense. You have to have the personality to go with your team or it'll never really work. Uh, yeah. And again, like uh, Julius Randle, he's a hard worker, uh, no nonsense guy. Uh, but uh, what I was going to say, you know, to your point, uh, I think a big reason also that, you know, they didn't really work out as well last year in the playoffs. They flamed out pretty quickly against the Hawks is Randall is a very easy player to game plan against. I find. Yes. He yes. Does he a lot of, he's going does, left. Yeah. He does a lot. Yeah. He's going left. Yeah. He does a lot of things. Well, he shoots the ball. Well, he's a good defender on the perimeter, even for a bigger guy can guard down low. He can finish with both hands, but he just, once you get a good enough defender on him, he's really not athletic enough to get through. He doesn't have enough moves in his bag to be able to get through. He's never, I think that he is a fantastic second option, which comes to my main point here. I think that this is the year RJ Barrett needs to take his big step to, you know, possible. All that, that would change a lot. Yeah. That, because, yeah. You know, coming out of Duke, he had a lot of expectations. I mean, uh, if I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm about 99% sure, you know, he was the, the Gatorade, the high school player of the year coming out. He was a higher recruit than Zion. He was number one in Zion. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. At some point he was for sure. Cause I'm, I, I remember yeah, watching him kind of come up the ranks, but yeah. And I mean, so RJ is going to be, uh, you know, a guy to watch. Like he's shown glimpses of it. But again, with some of these Canadian ballers, they just, I don't know, it just seems like a mental, maybe we're just too nice or something. But, <laughs> he just, you know, he just doesn't always put it together. Sometimes he has these cold nights. But, I mean, for the playoffs when, uh, you know, Randall was really down, I mean, that guy, could, he was averaging, I think, like less than 10 points on the series. Yeah. Like, pretty bad. Like, RJ stepped up in a lot of times. I'm not saying he was, yeah. uh, you know, uh, he was going to keep them in that series or anything, but – I think that, you know, he's been working hard. He's looked good this offseason. Uh, I think that people need to, you know, look at the Knicks pretty seriously. If RJ can start putting it together, I think that could be a really interesting team to watch. Uh, you know, I, I still think he's a little undersized. I would rather see him playing the two, maybe have Fournier run the three. Uh, but again, that's yeah. just a, a personal opinion. But uh, I will say, watch out for the New York Knicks, baby. Let's go Knicks. I think well, that's going to be good. And and I think the, the Knicks can put together a, pretty uh, you know again injuries aside assuming mm -hmm. everyone can go um like a pretty lethal uh version of the death lineup like if you have if yep. you go small and you put randall at the five um who can stretch you out a little bit and then which they love to do which which they do but but now they can uh uh have randall at the five they can have barrett at the four or possibly uh fournier at the four whoever you want to put up out there mm -hmm. um or just people around the perimeter but uh 
with uh, yeah, Randall, Barrett, Fournier, uh, Kemba, and then either a shooter or or D Rose. Uh, Alec Burks is a is a good um, you know a, a, a solid player, and uh, that that's a pretty good lineup, especially if you you want the versatility to go small, and then you've got you know Noel and Robinson in there when you when you need to go big, and uh, I, I like their lineup versatility for sure, way more than last year. Yeah. And yeah, if if Barrett were to make a big significant step. Um, I think that would change a lot. I think that would really um, send the Knicks ceiling way up. And even if he can just, even if he can just become a more reliable spot up shooter, like in the corner, yeah. like I, like, like we were saying, Randall and Fournier and Walker are going to draw a lot of attention. And if he can knock down shots, um, it's uh, the, the Knicks are going to have like a, a way better chance to, uh, to go deep in the playoffs this year. It, I think he's probably their X factor this year. So, We'll see what he does. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, we're 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 gonna see some growing pains for sure. A lot of new personnel, a lot of new personalities. So uh, you know, we'll see. We'll give them some time. Uh, but uh, you know, as we uh, we move on, we digress. We're gonna move on to uh, Philadelphia, the 76ers. Uh, a lot of a uh, lot of reports, a lot of stuff coming out of Philly right now. Uh, we're just gonna go quickly over uh, some of their acquisitions uh, in the draft. They added Jaden Springer, young point guard. Uh, Philip Putris, blah, 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 blah. Philip Petrozov, uh, Charles Bassey as well in the second <laughs> round. Uh, on Korkmaz, uh, one of the best names in the uh, entire NBA, maybe ever. I mean, you gotta Burke love on. Burke, man. That guy's working great. Uh, and then you got Andre Drummond coming in there, Danny Green re-signing, and Georges Niang. Uh, and then they lost Dwight Howard and George Hill in free agency to two other contenders uh, in the association. Uh, I mean, Jordan, yeah. the Sixers are still contenders, I feel. They're still strong. But, man, what the hell is going on with Ben Simmons? You, you tell me. It, yeah, I, I'd, I'd have a lot of money if I knew, like, Jesus. So, tell me, because, okay, so I, I, was away, I was away in Vancouver, just as a reminder, so I wasn't following as closely as I normally do. But the last reporting I know of is that – Ben Simmons is saying he's not reporting to training camp. Uh, yeah. he's, he's, he's not going to play another game. And so, yeah, so you go ahead. As far as I understand from what I, and he, this was already like something that was reported. He, they've essentially just because training camps have opened. Now they've just reiterated that he's not backing down on this. So he is refusing to report. He's never going to play for the Sixers again. There's no chance. He wants to be traded. Uh, and that, that's pretty much the end of the discussion. I know that he's being fined for not reporting to training camp. He's getting fined something crazy, like yeah. $100,000 a day he doesn't show up to training camp, which is nuts. I mean, he's got a big contract, and, I mean, he's got other endorsements, whatever. Like, I'm sure it's it's not a lot of money to him, but he's still losing yeah. money. It's money he's losing. And, I mean, he doesn't really have any pull in this. He wants to be traded at his all-time yeah. low. His value is at an all-time low. Nobody yeah. wants to take a guy who can't score in a playoff game or can't score in a fourth yeah. quarter. Like, I mean, he can't shoot a three. Like, I don't know why he feels that he's got some kind of superstar pull. Like, maybe because he was a number one overall pick. So was Markel yeah. Fultz. What the hell yeah. that guy do? <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no reason for him to feel that he has this ego and this pretentiousness that he can just demand this way. Like, again, uh, maybe I'm bitter because he said he wouldn't go to the Raptors. I mean, I uh, am bitter about that. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Morey, I mean, he's wanting some kind of crazy lucrative like trade package, like more than like teams were getting for Harden and stuff. Like I, 
I just don't know what the hell is going on in Philadelphia. I, it just always seems like there's some bullshit going on there, man. Well, it's just like it's it's such a the, the mess is made so much worse with the fact that yeah Ben Simmons just seems to be I don't know it comes across to me as much as I can someone can come across without me actually knowing them obviously but sure. just kind of immature and 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 kind of full of himself and I don't know if it's like <laughs> deep down some sort of like insecurity about the fact that he you know everyone was shitting on him at the end of the playoffs and he kind of wants to keep his head held high and, you know, keep his dignity, whatever, whatever the hell it is. Um, like, man, if like, sure. At the end of the season, you were ripped apart by the Philly fans and everyone on Twitter. Probably and, the hardest fan base to play for. Oh, of course. Of course. So I feel for him that way. And sure. Your coach said, uh, you know, Doc Rivers said to the question, can Ben Simmons be a championship point guard? He said, I don't know. And then, Joel Embiid had the whole comment about how the game changed when we wouldn't take an open layup at the end of the you yeah. know, the fourth quarter. Whatever. But Ben Simmons, or sorry, Joel Embiid already walked that back. He made some sort of post saying like, uh, you know, I'm not, not going to be divided. Like I'm, I'm here with my brother, whatever, whatever, you know, kind of in support of Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, Doc Rivers isn't going to be a guy who's kind of, you know, stay like hold a grudge and say stu- su- super stubborn and say i'm not going to coach this kid or anything like that yeah. like ben just just go back to training camp try and make it work again you guys are the number one seed again if you really do want to be traded you got to rebuild your value a little bit buddy like you no one wants you right now you the, the last image we have of you was uh refusing to shoot um yeah, and yeah. passing up a wide open dunk uh in, in a game seven like so I, I don't know what he expects and then on the other side you have um, Daryl Morey, who out of all the GMs in the league, everyone time and time again, this is his reputation. He's okay with things getting messy and uncomfortable. He's going to wait it out. He's going to not trade, make a trade that he doesn't like. Um, even if it means that you, you, you got to find one of your best players every day for not showing up to training camp. So total mess. Uh, the longer this drags out, it just seems like it's worse for both sides, but I, if, if I got to pick a side, I, I've got to go with the, the organization right now saying like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to trade you at, at bottom of the barrel uh, price. Like I'm just going to, uh, you know, if, if I know that if you just kind of sucked it up, came back and played with us again, we could be a competent team. We could mm-hmm. see about moving you at the deadline, whatever, but uh, who the hell knows what's going to happen. I mean, I, I think we all want the trade to go through though. I think we all want like yeah, a cool sure. blockbuster trade, whether it's to Portland or to Sacramento or whoever the hell's going to give up Golden State. But uh, I don't see it happening. Like I, I just, I, I just don't see the needle moving right now. Like, what, what do you think? What, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. This has happened a million one times where a guy says, "I'm never wearing the jersey again. I'm never going out there," and then they end up, you know, a couple games in, they'll they'll come back and they play. Yeah. I mean, this is a weird one because usually the team isn't so open about how they are also kind of done with him. Yeah. Usually yeah, kind sure. of like, you know, we're exercising, we're kind of, we're in talks, we're trying to figure out what's best for moving forward, but they're kind of like, yeah, we want him gone too, but nobody's <laughs> giving us anything we want to touch right now. Um, yeah. And I mean, for Simmons, again, like I kind of said before and what I was meaning when I said, you know, he's a little pretentious and a little full of himself uh, and his own comes across, yeah. is He's acting like, like he doesn't have a trade clause. He doesn't have no. – there's nothing that's stopping them for, tra- for trading him for, like, future cash considerations. I mean, if they really wanted him gone. Uh, yeah. Obviously, that wouldn't be a smart thing for them to do, uh, you know, as a business. But, uh, I mean, 
I don't think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of people in Philly that are going to be upset when they move them. Uh, and even without Ben Simmons, I mean, they still have a, a good, like, competent team. They're going to be able to compete in the East for sure. But, uh, you know, we were talking even some of these teams that have expressed reported interest in them. Uh, Minnesota even is another one, which is, yeah. oh, my God, Minnesota. Um, but a big thing with this whole saga is it feels like every NBA team has gotten better every like these past couple of years. And there's not really anywhere I, they, unless you want to send them to somewhere like Orlando or like a Cleveland, uh, OKC somewhere where the, the expectations are like the floor. Nobody wants like, yeah. nobody, nobody wants to win. Cause they want to get these picks. They want to rebuild. Like he, that's where he needs to be a crappy team bottom of the barrel because he's not going to help a contender. He's shown right now. He's not a player that's going to be able to do that. Uh, and yeah. especially not as a point guard. Uh, I've never been big on him as a point guard. I, th- I don't know if we've, we've talked about this before Jordan, but I remember him in college talking about like, he would ask him what position he was and he'd go, I'm a, I'm a power forward or a point forward, whatever. Yeah. yeah point point forward. Forward. And it was like, the hell are you talking about? That's not a, like, <laughs> and they would always stop and be like, that's not a position, man. So I, I really think that, uh, you know, Simmons needs to like rethink things. Like he is a great player. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. actually think he's a good player. He's an amazing passer, but he, when you can't shoot in the modern NBA, I just, there's no excuse for that. Like when yeah. guys literally stand on the block, when you're on the perimeter, that's embarrassing. Like I would just shoot it for the sake of just, you're going to leave me that open. Like screw yeah. it. Yeah. Well, no one's going to get mad at me for pulling it. But I mean, that's not the only thing going on in Philly. I mean, they still have uh, an arguably the best center in the game right now in Embiid. Yeah. Uh, they, they made a couple little moves here and there to kind of, you know, surround him with shooters. And I mean, his replacement right now, uh, cause again, it's hard to, you know, talk about the Sixers total roster because we don't know what kind of assets they could end up returning uh, yeah. for a Ben Simmons trade. But as it stands right now, he just is holding out uh, into the season. They haven't made a move. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, I mean, he's looked good. He's shown flashes of yep. it uh, as, a, as a future point guard for them. Uh, and again, he can facilitate good defender. He's quick on the fast break. I actually think that the Sixers might be a more entertaining and a better fit for the modern game right now. Uh, to just surround Embiid with a bunch of shooters, like having Seth Curry and Danny Green. I mean, I think they're a little bit uh, thin at the the forward positions, uh, especially yeah. small forward. Uh, I mean, again, like Furkan Korkmaz, we said they brought back great shooters. But uh, again, like when they play another team that, you know, can kind of roll out a jumbo package, they're going to get beat down low. They're uh, they're not going to really be able to, to handle them on the inside. So it's going to be one of those games where Embiid's really going to have to, you know, be a beast on the glass and they're going to have to hope that the shooters can shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. And uh, it's funny because that that's kind of the construction, the roster construction you need for both players, whether you're talking about Embiid or Simmons, you just need to surround them with as many shooters as you can. And uh, that's going to be the way they're the most successful. Um, And so, you know, Danny green, although he's kind of up and down, yeah, I, I, I still have love in my heart for Danny Green. Um, you know, however many bad shooting nights he has, he's still a competent player. He's a winning guy. He knows how to he knows what's required to win. Still brings it on the defensive end and uh, still, you know, a proficient three point shooter. I love Korkmaz. I'm glad they brought him back. And uh, Niang can shoot it a little bit, too. So we'll see how many yep. minutes he, he gets. Um But uh, it, it is just kind of it just doesn't feel right talking about the team until yeah, we know what, what, what goes on with Simmons. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard to, to sort of picture it. Um, because like you said, they can get so many interesting pieces back, even the, 
crappiest deals that are on the market for Simmons right now would still really help the the the, the Sixers. Like even if they did pull the trigger on the uh, CJ CJ McCollum trade, yeah, I think he'd be uh, like in terms of the best situations for McCollum. I think that'd be great for him in Philly because Joel Embiid's going to draw him the most attention. Um, him down on the block and uh, McCollum can hit open shots. He can kind of be that combo guard, run a little bit of point guard, run, run a little bit of shooting guard, uh, whatever you need from him. So I, I think for the Sixers, if they just got one more player like that, I think they, the, the team would make a lot more sense to me right now, but it's just, it's hard with, with Simmons still there. You don't know what's going on. Um, and so, yeah, even more so now I'm just kind of lukewarm on them until they get this whole situation sorted out because uh you know if i was joel mb i'd be sick of this like it's been it's been uh, years where you know you think they're going to take the next step you think they're improving um but if you've got the whole tension between the you know all the people saying Embiid and simmons they can't work together you've got this kind of rotating cast of um you got jimmy butler in there one year you know is tobias harris the guy the really the the perimeter player that we, we need um and so I don't know. I'm just kind of I'm just kind of lukewarm on them. I don't, I don't see them uh, until the Simmons situation's figured out and we can sort of flesh out the roster. Then I have no idea what the hell's going to happen with these guys. And well, you know, we'll end it off. You know, we're talking. I think it would be funny if he went to Portland because Dame would not deal with any of his uh, Ben Simmons bullshit. He would keep. No, him- but you know what? <laughs> if 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 they were, if if Simmons actually got you know his head properly screwed on his shoulders and wanted to you know, put his head down and actually work. I think those two together would be really good. I think they'd be kind sure. of the second, second coming of uh, Steph and Draymond just because sure. of the way that, uh, um, you know, at least in theory, Simmons can get the, get the ball on the short roll and be a facilitator kind of in the half court. Um, you know, Draymond was, was lethal around Steph because of his screening, his playmaking, his moving without the ball. He didn't necessarily need to be a great shooter to, in that system for it to work. Um, obviously he's not Ben Simmons. He doesn't refuse to shoot the ball. So that's still something he's got to work on. But, uh, I think of all the combos of all the players that Simmons could end up with, I think Dame, uh, I, I'd be interested to see that. Well, and the craziest thing, man, really, when you look at some of these reported offers, the Warriors said they would give them Wiggins. Are you kidding <laughs> me? What a steal for Philly. Philly would be the title favorites if they got uh... that. Send over Wiggins in a first. That's a highway road. Imagine. Get out of here. Let's go. Wiggins Island. Let's go. Right Wiggins and, Wiggins and Embiid on the same team after all these years. Yeah. Uh, hey. Incredible. Like I'm rooting for that. Same oh. draft. You know, it's reunited. It's time. Bring a champion. Kansas, baby. Not one, not two, not three. Wiggins. It's happening. Time. Finals MVP. Before it's all said and done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Andrew, we got our, Andrew, got our Wiggins mentioned in there. I feel good. I felt like I was holding in a sneeze. Uh, <laughs> as we move on now uh, to our final team in the Atlantic Division, we are going to try and contain ourselves from being homers and from being too too far. No, fuck that! I already said fuck it. No, <laughs> it's it's gonna be hard. We're gonna say that right now. But we're talking about the Toronto Raptors, 2019 NBA champions. Maybe you heard of them. Uh, the Toronto Raptors this offseason in the draft acquired Scotty Barnes, Delonto Bonton, Delano Bonton, <laughs> David Johnson, Gary Trent Jr. re-signed. They acquired the, uh, I mean, I'm not big on him, Sam Decker re-signed. Oh, come on. Now. 
Uh, they also are set Ken Burke, rather. I'm not, is it Ken Birch or Ken Burke? Birch, Birch. I've never heard Burke. Okay, we're going to Birch. Uh, and then we got Isaac Bonga coming in, Ishmael Wainwright. Uh, they also got Goran Dragic and Precious Achua in the trade for Kyle Lowry. Uh, and they also lost DeAndre Bembry to the Nets, as we mentioned earlier. Um, I mean, the Raptors, I don't know, Jordan, you're going to have to, like, I'll get your input in two seconds. Uh, I, I, I told you before, I was pretty disappointed with the offseason overall. Mm-hmm. Um, again, obviously, I have higher. But that's always how it goes, isn't it? Well, the Raptors, Raptors off never, yeah, they're never, they never get the big name guys in the free agency. They build through trading and they build through the draft. Um, I mean, it all started at the draft really for me. I was really big on uh, Jalen Suggs, really wanted yeah. him because I felt that that put us in a better position to win now. Uh, yeah. I don't really, again, Scotty Barnes has looked phenomenal. He looked great. So I'm not mad about the pick uh, as much as I especially was when I first saw it uh, go down, but I mean, Barnes is gonna he's gonna he's gonna be a project he's got a lot of work to do uh he seems kind of like uh an an upscale version of OG uh so far Barnes, as it looks yep. like so I think uh, I think Barnes will be a good player but again they're still so small at center they're so thin at center uh I mean uh, Ken is gonna be solid but he's not the biggest guy he's really just there to get boards and play some defense around the rim uh I mean we'll see if Goran Dragic is uh, gonna be uh, Toronto Raptor by uh, by tip off of the season. It kind of is signs are pointing towards he's going to be around at least for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but it's there's a lot going on right now in the Raptors world, where it's you know we're kind of figuring everything out. And I think a big reason right now, and uh, there would be a lot more confidence for a lot of people looking at the Raptors, is if we kind of if we know what Pascal Siakam we're going to get. Are we going to get Florida flu Siakam, or are we <laughs> going to get uh, you know starting? starting all-star forward Pascal Siakam so yeah uh, I mean that's my two cents about it uh again I don't think that they're I think they're going to be in the play-in tournament in the east for sure I, I see them maybe just missing out on the eighth seed I think they're going to have a good chance to get into the playoffs uh they'll be a dangerous team for sure nobody's going to want to play against them even wow. last year I was saying that the, this roster is definitely an improvement I will, I will say that as well uh but it also just won't feel the same without Kyle Lowry so uh, yeah, 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 that's my rant. Uh, you feel free to take the reins. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are right now with this current Raptors roster. Aaron Baines is gone. I don't give a Thank shit. We didn't have to say anything else. Okay, he's yeah. gone. Um, I'm embarrassed to and say now, or I'm embarrassed to say now. Like I was actually so excited when we signed Aaron Baines. I thought he was going to be good last year because he was so like he was such a pleasant surprise when he played on Phoenix when um, I think it was the bubble season. Anyway, whatever happened with DeAndre Ayton at the beginning of that season, he got suspended, and then Aaron Baines played starting center, and he and he was out there hitting threes, setting crazy picks. Like, and I so I thought he was the perfect guy, especially after Gasol and Ibaka left. But boy, was I wrong. Aaron Baines, what a what a sad, sad sight. I'm so happy I don't have to think about him anymore because, (laughs) holy shit. Um, Yeah, that was a train wreck. Absolute train. So that's a plus. And it's clear, you know, I'm not going to question Masai um, and Bobby. They know what they're doing, obviously. Like, it's clear we're not worrying as much about the center position uh, right now. And I, I can kind of see uh, sort of the, the strategy in that, saying, you know, we've got these really long athletic guys. We can play smaller lineups, um, rely more on our skill. You know, we've still got good defenders, even though we've got undersized players. You know, we, we'll see how much Siakam plays the five, how much even OG plays the five. 
Um, and even Scotty Barnes plays the five. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, they, they, we do have versatility to kind of cover up for that weakness, but I agree. It would be nice to, to have a, a guy with actual size who we could count on back there a little bit. Definitely. So we'll see it. We'll see if that changes. I was rooting for the, uh, since it seemed like Goran Dragic didn't want to be in Toronto anyway, way, I was rooting for the, uh, Dwight Powell, uh, yeah. swap. Cause I think that'd be perfect. Canadian guy. Um, he's, he's a really, really solid center who can set good picks, roll to the rim. So still holding out on something like that. We'll Underrated see. guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the Mavericks like him too much. It, it seems like right now. Um, but, uh, I'm, you know, it's another one of those teams where I could see them really kind of outperforming expectations being as high up as like the fifth, sixth seed, or I could see them, you know, fighting for that plan. Um, I, I think it really just depends, um, how much these guys want it this year, like how, how committed they're going to be to being a competent team, because, um, I, I can see, I can see a formula where they are actually a, a, a competitive team with a winning record. That's a tough out for anyone. Like, um, Van Vliet is a heck of a competitor. Siakam again, like you said, hopefully back in Toronto kind of reignites his passion for the game and ability to actually be a good player. Um, and these are guys with championship now, experience. Right when, when they left, had to leave Toronto and they went to the bubble. He started to go on that decline. Then they were in Tampa. Yep. So they stayed in Florida. That's what I'm saying. The yep. Florida Blues Yakum. I think that's, I really that's do what I'm hoping. That before. They've been on the road for two years. It's true. Yeah. Those home games, like if anyone ever watched those Tampa games, they weren't there. Like most of the time, it was pretty much <coughs> a horrified away game. Yeah. It wasn't like no, you're they, were, right. uh, they were rooting for the Raptors all that much. Uh, I mean, right. lots of Canadians love to retire in Florida. But if anyone doesn't know that, I mean, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's going to be an interesting season. Like, yeah, as you said, they could they could be somewhere in the middle of the, like the top like five, top six, something like that, or they could you know yep. fall all the way down the ladder and be back in the lottery. It's uh, yeah, it's really just going to see how quickly guys develop, how they work together. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of lineup even changes. I mean, we didn't even really talk. We were talking about Ken, but you know, Precious Achua. He's awesome, yeah. and he's he's a project in on its own. I mean, he had. Uh, but I really like him. I, I really like him. He had some awesome moments last season for the Heat. Yeah, like I mean, he yeah. he, he looks like he's gonna be good again. Kind of an undersized center, but he plays bigger than he actually is. He's he's thick. He's a big yeah. he's a big boy. Like he he can hold his own down low. Uh, yeah. And he a heck of an play. athlete. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Great vert. Uh, the only thing again, yeah, pretty raw offensively. You know, he's definitely just a lob threat right now uh no he's not he's not gonna be hitting anyone with a dream shake anytime soon uh and then the other thing you know they roped up uh, a lot of money with gary trent jr which uh you know i thought was a pretty solid signing i Uh, like it yeah i like it you know yeah and he 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 had a brief uh stint pretty well last year uh coming in for the raptors and he 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 played well he had a game winner uh i think he likes the uh the culture he likes the city which is always a plus when we can you know get guys who want to stay uh so i think that it's going to be you know just there are going to be a lot of lineups floating around. Like uh, he might not start right, like one uh, on night one. Cause you know, I don't think that Fred Van Vliet is going to be uh, the point guard for the future. I think that he's probably going to stay as a two guard. He's, he's not exactly like he can obviously be a primary ball handler, but he's not, you know, the traditional playmaker. Uh, and again, as we yeah. see, you know, Scotty Barnes, who knows, maybe even cause he's a good play anchor. People have talked about him before the draft saying that if the Raptors took him, they might try him out at point. Uh, it's going to yep. be, yeah. There's going to be a lot of things floating around there. Even like uh, Siakam at the five, we're probably going to see a lot of that this season going small. Uh, so yeah, 
it, it, it's all up in the air, I feel. But the I still feel the biggest yeah. thing. And I, I, again, I've told everyone before this now, reiterate it again. My mind is in like 1972 when it comes to watching <laughs> basketball at the end of the day sometimes. And I need to see these big, lanky bastards, even if they're not actually that good, just to have the size down there. Because that was the Raptors' Achilles heel last year. Their biggest crutch was they got out-rebounded night in and night yep. out. Like it was not even close. They obviously, they got some rebounders. Now it's going to be a little bit more improved, but I still think they're going to really struggle to win the battles on the glass. Uh, And really that's, that's still no matter how many, uh, how many analytics uh, come across saying, uh, you know, you got to shoot the three more, you got to rush everything. Uh, I mean, whoever wins the battle of the boards more often than not wins the game. So I think that that's going to be something they're going to have to really hound through to their guys. They're going to have to find out ways to run defenses where they can get themselves in opportune uh, circumstances to get these boards. Uh, but yeah. all in all, uh, again, these, this Raptors team, it's, they should be exciting to watch. No one's going to want to play. I'm here very excited to watch them. And, and they're going to be, they're going to be a tough play, like team to play against. And, that, and that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like last year, I, I honestly, I believed that they had somehow got into the seventh or eighth seed uh, in that play in tournament, whatever it would have been that they could have made, you know, a run towards, you know, yep. pushing a, a one or two seed like a, a Philly or a Milwaukee to a, uh, to like a yep. six or seven game series, just because they've got a championship pedigree. Nick nurse yep. is still a fantastic coach. Uh, you know, as much as I scream my TV at him, telling him, what are you doing? Uh, at the end of the day, this guy's probably one of the best, if not the best coach in the NBA. So, yep. uh, I mean, people are going to act like they're surprised when the Raptors, you know, start putting things together. But uh, I, I think the Raptors could surprise a lot of people. But on the end of the day, uh, I think that Raptors fans everywhere should definitely, you know, holster themselves and uh, just be prepared for the worst potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you, yeah, it, any, any sort of um, ideas of success this year, it's, it all revolves around Siakam, I think, what, what level he can get back to. And then, you know, hypothetically if Seattle can get get back to that um, Eastern Conference all-star starter or close level sure um, and and you have Goran Dragic there playing as well as I know he can and bought in like uh, I I think that's sort of the best recipe to have the best team because if you if you have Goran Dragic doing his thing um, with with Van Vliet and Gary Trent in the backcourt and then OG hopefully taking another step with Siakam playing well. I, I that's that's where I think the Raptors, if they can put all those pieces together, um, can be right up there in the mix and beat anyone on any given night. But uh, it's it's gonna kind of take a lot from a lot of different people to get there. So it, it's it's gonna be a heck of a ride. Like it's 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 different. We, we we've been spoiled those those, those years with uh, when with, with Kawhi and. Um, even having Gasol and Ibaka, like the, the, the year after Kawhi and Danny Green left, like, uh, we, we didn't know how good we had it. And we're kind of back to, uh, a, a season, a start of the season with a lot of question marks, which is kind of the, which has been the norm, um, for Raptors fans, uh, you know, before the championship run, but, um, I don't know, I am still really excited. It's been a while since we had such a high draft pick in mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Um, and uh, if anyone can kind of put together crazy, crazy lineups and different personalities and, and uh, you know, players with different skill sets and actually put a winning product out on the court, it's Nick Nurse. So let's see. Let's get it going. I'm so hey, last, excited. Last time we had a top five pick, 
Jonas Valanciunas <laughs> the itty bitty baller I mean that worked out pretty good uh ended up getting Gasol out of that it but uh, I, I really wanted to you know before we wrap this up just wanted to touch upon that one point you had made and this is just a you know everyone get used to the, I know where the podcast is young you better get used to these rants that I have uh, I need to get them out somewhere uh you know this is my favorite you gotta have a segment yeah really I should yeah well we'll, we'll We'll be bringing lots of different segments, games, and stuff for all you guys for the entire NBA season. Uh, yep. but right now, this is just a red hot rant off the off the cuff here, uh, Matt. Off the cuff, how's that sound? And I don't know what this is about. This is, I'm, I'm I'm like a listener. I have no idea where you're going with this. I know you're. On, I can see here we go. Bumps. <laughs> it's all over your body. It's crazy. I don't know why you have your shirt off either. Uh, yeah. So uh, when we when we look at this team, me and you as longtime Raptors fans understand how did what how it how it's mm-hmm. been, what it's been like historically as a, to watch the Raptors. This is not a bad Raptors team from years we've no. had in the past. No. But this is kind of – I'm liking it because I've expressed this to you. This is where all these bandwagon Raptors fans can get the fuck out and go find some go, – they can go back to watching the Jays. They are good right now. Yep. They can go watch the Leafs. I'm so sick of this because they've given Raptors fans a bad name in the last two, three years. When you look on Twitter, people are saying that Raptors fans are the worst fans in the NBA. That's insane. That's actually insane. I, I If you go and you find a real Raptors fan, all we're going to tell you about is we really liked it and we can really laugh about all the pain and suffering we had for years yeah. and how grateful we are we won a championship. We saw it and that's it. We don't want yeah. anything. We're yeah. happy. Yeah. We can die happy. We're good. We've seen it. We got a chip. I don't yeah. care anymore. Like everything's gravy. But – it's these people that are online like, oh, man, how do we not take subs? Like, yeah, I was pissed too. But you can't just think that one draft pick is going to change everything. Because chances yeah, are, no. there's a 1% chance you're going to get like this generational guy that's going to turn everything around. And, yeah. uh, I mean, respects to everybody in that draft. Cade Cunningham, probably the only guy who's really projected to be a guy like that. And even then, there's a lot of question marks around his game. So, yeah. look at the Raptors. I'm, I'm very happy to look around and say, finally – we're going to be clearing up the clutter, all the the, the speculation around, uh, you know, the culture of Raptors fans should be uh, that the black veil should be lifted. And, uh, you know, we should be going back to uh, how things used to be being a respected fan base and, uh, you know, maybe actually being able to go to games and not have uh, people going and turning into a Leafs game, showing up in three piece suits, just sipping on wine. Yeah. Yeah. You, like, I almost liked it better when uh, when I would tell people I like basketball and they'd like uh, snarl at me and like yeah. uh, you know back in Owen sound like yeah, weirdo uh, yeah like uh, I kind of liked the little uh, the special club you know and then all these fucking people I, that that almost ruined the whole championship run for me all these people we went to high school with posting about basketball who literally made fun of me for liking basketball I remember um, specific moments and like oh these people have no idea what the hell they're talking about. haven't been through the, that, that's the thing that's annoying too. They, that, that you're, you're not prepared as like a die hard fan to witness these people who have never seen the lowest low of a team who kind of just yeah. jump on at the top. Um, and then, yeah, who are now complaining about a team that's actually going to be exciting and fun to watch, especially compared to the fucking Jose Calderon, Andrea Bargnani years, which yeah. even those I was excited about, but 100%. But yeah, no, I'm hundred hundred 100%. I agree with you. I'm sick of the bandwagoners. Always will be. Fuck right off. Well, Go back to the uh, the suburbs, wherever the hell you're from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that that's a uh, that's a big thing. And I mean, uh, for anyone listening outside of the GTA, uh, you know, 
Uh, Fuck Toronto you. sports. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Toronto sports, we really haven't had much to uh, be happy about, especially in Jordan. I lifetime. Uh, yeah. So this is our first real. Hey, we went to the yeah. TFC parade. Yeah. True. We did. Yeah. We want to count. Yeah. MLS soccer. Yeah. TFC. Uh, but Bradley, yeah, there's not, a, there's not a lot to, to be happy with as a Toronto sports fan. Uh, and when there is, you know, we're going to be bitter about it. Uh, so yeah. if you're, if you're, if you've experienced this, feel free to, you know, let us know. We'll, we'll cry together. You can rant to me. I have no problems with it. We'll have a good shouting match and uh, get it out of our systems. That's the only way we're yeah. going to, we're going to heal. And we're going to get better. And uh, we'll start, we'll start your, your ranting segment in our next episode. We'll have a specific time put aside. Oh, perfect. For there we go. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of Big Dog Ball Talk. This has been Jordan Flegel. I have been Matt Eichhorn. And thank you so much. And tune back in when we continue our division previews for the 20- Which division are we doing next? Sorry? Which one do you want? Which division do you want next? Uh, let's go Southeast. Southeast? Southeast. Here we come. Party! Go to Miami. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Jordan? What yeah, do you yeah, want? This is part you're right okay uh and i do always say this uh when it rains it pours you like that <laughs> i said that uh, i've never heard that before i just made that up oh wow. you like it? You yeah just uh just um uh, you know when it rains it's uh it's not just a little bit it's a lot you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like it's so like when it rains it pours what you're saying. yes yes that's good i, got, I like that i like that it's creative creative guy.